0: Hi, it's Glenn James. This message is being played at the start of all podcasts that Simo Interactive produces. It has come to my attention that there was a licensing issue with the music that we were using for our shows. And until that issue is resolved, and it might take a couple of weeks because I'm overseas at the moment, I've just decided out of an abundance of caution, I would stop using any music until we've resolved the issue. So if you are new to the podcast, you probably won't notice anything different. If it's not your first time, this is why there is no music in the episodes at this time. Thanks so much. For listening, enjoy the episode. Today on the show, we are recording from FinCon in New, New Orleans. Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> and we've got some guests on the show today. It's a little bit different this episode, mainly because there is four people and because we're in a big open auditorium, so you may hear a little bit of background noise, but you'll be in good hands. Nonetheless, we'll talk about everything to do with your life, money, your career, property. We'll see what the Americans are getting up to. But we can't do this episode without the help of Sphere Home Loans. I've been saying this for a long time. The biggest myth out there in Moneyland is that you need to get a mortgage broker that is in the same suburb as where you live or the suburb that you're going to buy in. That's not the case. You just need a really good mortgage broker that can help you align your financial goals to wherever you're buying and Sphere Home Loans can help. Just search Sphere Home Loans or click the link in the show notes and they will be able to help you wherever you are. All right, let's get into it. you guys ready to have a chat today? Absolutely. All right. Ready. Let's do it. Okay. So today we've got Nick Bradley, the host of the My In... What's the podcast? Nick Bradley, Bradley, the host of the My In... My millennial investor. That's the podcast. Welcome back to the main show, Nick. Gracias, Glenn. Thanks. It's for very having me. memorable podcast. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, can't <laughs> forget <laughs> it. And if you are a hardcore podcast listener and you've heard our show for some time, last year at FinCon, I interviewed Joel and Matt from How to Money. They're basically a better version of my millennial money, but for <laughs> Americans. That's how we brand ourselves, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, you did
1: not interview me. I think you just, just, you just oh, talked to Joel. I was off um, gallivanting, getting free t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. In the uh, FinCon yeah. expo well, hall. <laughs> Matt, you're here.
0: <laughs> I am here. Thank you for uh, for having me. No worries. So, what I want to start with is, like, what type of content are you talking about at the moment? Like, you've got a a, a listenership; it's of size this podcast like i've got my finger on the pulse with what our listeners are going through in yeah. real australia and i'm going to take this jingly lanyard off <laughs> <laughs> i wish we were doing a video of this one <laughs> i'm actually a train wreck <laughs> so we get to hear what people are going through on the ground so what type of content have you guys been doing lately and why over, over in the U.S. Yeah. So, so I
1: mean, a lot of similar topics that you're you're likely dealing with uh, there in Australia, but just with different different terms, different definitions. I'm I'm guessing, but for us specifically, we've recently changed the format of our show. Uh-huh. Um, we the ability to talk with guests that we we realized that was one of our one of the favorite aspects of our show, uh, being able to talk for close to an hour with somebody who is an expert on what it is that they do. Right, mm. and so I think that's. Something I, we personally want to be able to do more of. Our expertise is limited. <laughs> yeah. As yes. As it is. There's only so much time that we have. And yeah. so being able to talk with someone who's written a book and who has done years of research on a particular topic, man, that's, uh, that's a ton of fun. Yeah. Somebody
2: like uh, Glenn James or something yeah, like that. Yeah, which you've that. never had yeah, me on yeah, your yeah, show. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> <it's>, that's going <laughs> <been> to change. That's going to change. What are you about. writing the, write in the
1: book, Glenn? But I feel like the, the, two,
2: <laughs> the two topics that our listeners ask the most about right now are the housing market, Mm. And, and interest rates and inflation, mm. those are those are kind of the two main things where people are like, it's cramping my lifestyle. Like, it, where is it headed from here, uh, and how can I maybe combat how how much inflation is sucking away my uh, my budget every month? And then there's a lot of our listeners are, are haven't bought a house yet. A lot have right, and they're uh, they're curious to know what to do about. Uh, is, are I going to be able to refinance and lower my rate in the future? Stuff like that. I know interest rates on home loans work different in the U.S. than they do in Australia, but um, and just kind
0: of the, the housing market that's all but seized up essentially in the United States. So if someone says to you like, oh, the cost of living crunch is really tight, like what are you guys telling your audience some like things to do and consider?
1: It's, a,
0: it's true. Yeah. Uh, but we've also
1: seen a massive influx of cash over the past three years uh well i mean i guess not over the past year or so but given in the u.s with the stimulus money and the checks that americans received from the beginning we were letting folks know hey heads up this gravy train is not going to continue or with
2: the you know payment pause on student student loans loans,
1: exact same thing like heads up Mm -hmm. we need we need to start taking some of this money that you were paying and make make sure that you're setting that aside so that when things inevitably do get back to normal quote unquote normal, whatever that looks like, that uh, you've got the money on hand to be able to resume some of those payments.
2: You also gotta zig when others are zagging. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so when you look at the gap between what it costs to buy a home now versus rent, it's increased so significantly in almost every single market. And so it's it's just a bad time to buy, and it's not a bad time to rent. Even though rent prices have increased, the rental market has softened. There's more ability for you to negotiate your rent than ever before. And so, like my my little sister did that just that thing. She she like get, she's in this fancy new apartment in midtown Atlanta, and she was able to get $150 off. Uh, her monthly rent amount because she pushed back she's like no nah, i'm just gonna move because there's better deals down the street and they were like don't leave <laughs> we don't we've yeah. got
0: the complete opposite problem oh, really? on the island like wow we kind of do in columbus as well yeah it's like a rental crisis yeah. like we've got listeners listening to this who and we uh, pay weekly in australia for rent they might have been paying like six hundred dollars a week then overnight they're saying yeah the rent's now 750 Ooh, cool. mm.
2: yeah that's tough to stomach right
0: it's so savage. Yeah,
3: Yeah, Columbus has such a housing rent shortage, apartment shortage. There's, like, buildings going up everywhere, but yeah. we haven't caught up to the demand need. Like, there's still that gap. So if you're listening from Columbus, Ohio, you're going, maybe I'll move to Atlanta. Like,
2: <laughs> well, and that's a policy issue in so many ways, too, which is tough to discuss because, like, it's it, – it's, there's less advice on the personal finance front. Although there is some on that, but – but part of it is zoning laws in the United States that prevent homes from being built, that prevent accessory dwelling units, which are really popular in some states that are that are actually bringing more supply onto the market. And of course, we know the basic laws of economics and supply and demand are so crucial to what we end up paying for things. Uh, but for some reason, for some reason, the general public and politicians they miss out on that when it comes to housing. And if we would just build more supply and incentivize that, we would relieve a lot of the housing price issues that we face. But uh, for some, there's just this massive disconnect there,
1: and that has happened. Regarding apartments. So there's yeah. a ton of apartments going up in Atlanta, which is why uh, you, you do see some of those rents coming down. But when it comes to actual housing, I mean, housing rents are incredibly competitive. Uh, not like only single in family homes, single yeah. family homes, not only where we are, uh, slightly outside of Atlanta, but in town as well. So maybe not all that different than in uh, Columbus.
3: Do you guys ever give advice? Let's say, There's a podcaster that lives in Columbus and he used the PPP money to buy a purple Dodge Charger. Uh And now the
2: government didn't agree with
3: that. Like, do you have any? (laughs) You ever talk to people about that?
2: It's, I would. Probably move uh, overseas somewhere to Australia, you're out of reach from the long arm of the U.S. federal <laughs> government to the Bahamas. This is a hypothetical Switzerland. person. Switzerland, hypothetical. Let's say individual. Switzerland or uh, maybe some like remote area of Mexico yeah. Those hey, are great options. I don't know. Do you guys have a list of where they can't extradite? <laughs> That'd be great. So, so that's who's our next blog post? Going? Who's up.
0: your audience? Like, who is the the average listener? Uh, is there an average
1: listener I I mean, <laughs> we talk uh, we hear from a lot of folks who are investing for the first time, mm. uh, folks who are getting out of college Man, And honestly they're our favorite type of listeners to hear from uh, the the last so curious yeah when well, the last uh, listener meetup that we had in Atlanta actually one of the uh, one of the guys that showed up that really stands out to us is a guy. He found How to Money while we were, um, sorry, while he was driving off to college. He um, went to Bama, I think. That's right. And he discovered us and listened to us all throughout college. Graduated. The dude is crushing it. Well, he graduated, Um, then he went back and got his MBA. He's got, yeah, he got his... Working two full-time jobs. uh, He's got his regular nine-to-five, but then on the weekends, he's a pretty fit guy and likes the... The tough mutter runs. Yep. Do y'all have those in Australia? Yeah. Okay. The and so he does those on the weekend and makes additional money, and he's just
0: completely crushing it.
1: No, he's not overworked. He's just doing things that he that he enjoys that also happen to compensate him.
0: So if someone's like, "I want to invest for the first time," what do you say?
2: So, I, th- I mean, the biggest thing is tax advantage retirement accounts, and especially if you have one through your employer where there's a match. That's the mm-hmm. easiest way to begin. And, and lots of times, actually, now we there are new stats out about how much more millennials actually have invested than people previously thought. Like, there was like all these headlines about how millennials, they just can't get it together when it comes to the investing or their money front, but they're doing really well. And part of it is... They're because, a lot older now, though. Well, they are. <laughs> they are. They watch it. Yeah. But, like all the, it, I feel like the headlines haven't caught up in a lot of ways. And so it seemed like the millennials were the snake-bitten generation, but that has not turned out to be the case. And part of it is even some of some behavioral stuff, right? So where now something like 60% of employers automatically enroll people mm-hmm. into a 401k at their job, it used to be 10% like 15 years ago. And so because of that, uh, that's created a huge influx of dollars going into those retirement accounts. And so millennials are more prepared for retirement in some ways than People would have said or assumed they would be 10 or 15 years ago. But that's the place to start. And then a Roth IRA is the next place in the United States. I mean, with the uh, contribution limits at $6,500, that's a great place to say, like, try to maximize that, get the match from your work, try to max out the Roth. And if you're doing both of those things, you're better, you're doing better
0: than 95%. But if if someone's like, I want to invest to fire, you yeah. can't use the retirement savings.
2: Well, you can. That's part of it too. Right. That's at least part of it because you're in, you're investing... If you're investing for fire, you still have, hopefully, 30 plus years post-retirement
0: uh, age that you need to fund also. So you need to think about the both and. and, and uh, because I thought a lot of them would be like, I'll build wealth in my own name, not retirement savings. So at least I can stop working and draw off that yeah. portfolio. Yeah. And then... Look at doing the retirement account, or just have it all outside of retirement. Investing well, in
2: rental properties is one way to do that.
1: Yeah, and even within retirement accounts, there's ways. I mean, you can do Roth, you can do conversions. Right. Uh, and so there's much higher limits with uh, with 401ks and the matches not only that you receive on those, but the ability to then convert those over to to Roth, let them season for five. You know, they sit there for five years, uh, and those are now contributions that you can
0: withdraw early before 59 and fifty nine and a half. Yeah. Speaking of fire. Talk to us about your Uber experience the other night because you touched on it and I'm like, oh, tell me again. What yeah, you... so, well, no, it's two of, our, two of our friends who have a podcast. Well, her husband has a podcast, or she has got a podcast
2: about money and fire and they reached fire. Right. And so you, there's this there's this perpetual problem, in my opinion, in the fire community of like, well, let's hit this number and then I don't know what I'm going to do with my life once I do, but I just think that having enough money and getting to that point in the journey, then I'll figure out, What my awesome life is going to look like. And so we were talking to a friend who reached it, and then he, but he kind of has struggled to figure out what to do with some of those hours now that he's not working. And he went back to drive for Uber because, and, and let's be honest, it's kind of a fascinating job. You get to meet all sorts of interesting folks, and he loves that part of it. Mm. But it's also, I don't think it's something that he would have. S- uh, imagine doing. <laughs> what do you yeah. want to do when you grow up <laughs> right exactly and, yeah. and so I, that is the biggest downside and biggest uh hardship for people who do pursue fire you're such a nose to the grindstone sort of person if you're going in that direction and then all of
0: a sudden you look up you quit your job and you're like what do i do with my life mm. and that's what i call it loot life on own terms not fire because yeah. it's like no whatever about, what about you start to live your life what you want to do now yeah there's a way you can transition to that, yeah, right. And that's the
1: when you're looking at it from a, that false dichotomy, like whether you, like you're on and you're working as much as you can, nose to the grindstone, making as much money as possible, and then afterwards I'm going to you know, I'm going to quit, I'm going to retire, I'm going to relax, mm-hmm. do all the. There is this I'll find a hobby then. You know, spectrum in between where, you, like you said, like living life in your own terms, where you can slowly kind of dial that back. I think, and and in that way, you can still have maintain some of that purpose, some of that fulfillment that you get from work cuz we have a very like our philosophy on work uh personally but just on the show as we didn't discuss it we have a very high view of work and how it is that you're able to contribute to the world and
2: the very act of you how, how is that spelled? What's
1: w- The w- world w- work,
2: <laughs> <laughs> work. Like, like,
3: or contribution which one were you having a hard time? With? I don't know. Well, <laughs> when
2: you're a podcaster it work is, is is very different than so many <laughs> other, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the hardest job in the world. I literally
1: uh, reposted some, one of the pictures from, we had a listener hang last night and I just, it, it, it kind of overcame me and I realized I, I really do have the, the best job in the world. Yeah. We're hanging out with listeners in, who drove in to you know, to hang out, to have beers. We get to hear their stories and how some of the stuff that we've said has changed their life. That is, yeah. it's a, we're, I, I feel blessed, you know, I don't want to like hashtag blessed, <laughs> but like, I really do feel that way.
3: I want to swing back to like the fire thing because it's really, you know, we don't have to crap on the fire community. It's not just fire that the boredom sets in. Like my yeah. dad has retired three times and I you know also don't want to crap on my dad, I guess. But if you... <laughs> Nick's over here. Just yeah, exactly. everyone. it out. <laughs> but like you have to think like if you're in that fire community, if you're searching for fire, like you're you've got the spreadsheets and you're calculating the dividends you need and you're looking at 4% to live on but you're not thinking like what am I going to do?
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's so like much what more to passion-
3: life. Yeah, like what passions do I have mm-hmm. now? Like if you ask me, I I know what I want to do. Like if I fire, like that's right. I, I want to live somewhere where I can go mountain biking, I can go hiking, I want to nice. enjoy time with my kids, yes. I want to <laughs> travel and like I'm not, Uber's not on my list. Right, right, like, right, I have these hobbies that I want to engage in that will lead me into the fire lifestyle not the other way around. I think that's a lot of people's both retirement and fire, they're just like, Mm -hmm. well, I just got to put the nose of the grindstone, save as much as possible, and I'll figure it out. It's like, you need to, you you know, whatever you call loot.
2: Loot yeah. Yeah. Loot, yeah. Our friend Wes Moss does some work. He's done some work on this, and he talks about that. It's like the secrets of the happiest retirees, and he says that ha- having more core pursuits is really what makes people happier in retirement. And the unhappiest retirees have very few core pursuits. And those core pursuits, he calls are like they're like hobbies on steroids. And so you need to be developing those now because guess what? When you do retire, if you haven't been pursuing those throughout the years, you're going to get to retirement, and you're going to be like, maybe I'll. Pick up woodworking. And and you're not going to be very good at it. You're going to get quickly bored. But if you've been kind of building that hobby for the years, you're going to be ready to like turn it on full blast when you hit retirement. And so it is that if you're not living that sort of balanced life where you're going mountain biking, going hiking, and taking some of those trips now while you're being intentional and saving for the future, then... Yeah, what are the chances you're actually going to do that well when you do reach retirement age? I think
1: you could. It's just going to be hard. There's going to be a lot of work. It can and, and, it's, it's going to be disruptive to the way you've been living life because like you again, you are going from on to off or vice versa, however you're looking at it from work to retirement. And It truly is disruptive as opposed to having practiced and knowing what it is because that that can kind of fuel why it is that you want to retire. In this case, though, uh, with this couple that we're talking about, um, I think it's fair to say that she has been more on the sort of fire train and does, I mean, I see she volunteers. like She is spending her time in an incredibly meaningful way, whereas I think with him it's something that he maybe – He's he's coming along with, and mm-hmm. they realize, oh yeah, in fact, we do have more money on hand. I do have faith in his ability to be able to figure out what it is that he
0: wants to do with his time. It's just yeah. going to it's 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 a growing pain, right? And it's a process. There's a question here, uh, and I'll keep it anonymous, and I'll read it, and it's a little bit long, so let me read it, and we'll talk about it because okay. I think it's a really good discussion point that we've landed into. Hi I need a little advice from the Brains Trust. I don't think I can post anonymously. So if you know me, you don't know me. I was listening to the (laughs) pod episode today, episode 639. And Glenn said, we have a community here that can support each other. So I'm looking for some friendly advice uh, as I don't know where else to turn. I'm just going to pause there, everyone. This is the one reason that we do My Millennial Money is because we are a safe space for you to dare to dream about Like, oh, I want to do something else with my career because there could be people in your life and your world who will want to talk you out of that because it's risky and Mm. it's not their vibe anyway. I've spent the last eight years since I was 20, so we've got a 28-year-old, if you can't count, guys, (laughs) growing my career, working crazy hours, and putting my heart and soul into my job. It's taken all of me and I realized recently that my job has basically become my identity. I don't know who I am outside of it and I recently got married and I know there is more to life than my work. My job can be incredibly hard and stressful and I feel like it requires passion to work the hours and support the work. I work in the public sector for reference. The question is, I don't know how to step back without taking a negative impact on my work or the way the colleagues or my boss perceive me. I don't know how to take it back to 80 or even 90% capacity because I'm worried about my performance. But I'm also worried that if I don't have hobbies have a friend group that I rarely see, and I barely catch up with family. Episode 639 hit me deeply, particularly around being rich in relationships and happiness. This year has kind of put me into perspective. Following the COVID work from home grind, where we were all working crazy hours because we could, now that's tipped over into the new working world. I think I feel like I'm just missing something. If anyone has been through this or has any advice on what I can do uh, and to let the perfectionist go, I would really appreciate it bit of a rant and thank you if you stayed till the end. I just need to say a couple of things. Um, number one, I'm actually going to reply to you in Facebook and I want to send you a copy of our book, uh, Sort Your Career Out, because chapter one in that whole book is about finding your values and building your life off your values. And I think number one here, you've you've landed into a, a job like you may have left school, you may have went to university straight into the workforce and you're a hard worker and you care and you've just gone flat to the floor and you're 28 now and you're looking up and going, oh, crap. Hmm. What do you guys think? Like there's a lot to unpack there and I think it is the best thing about this. She has realized that what I'm doing now is not what I want the next 10 years to be like. I think two things. One,
2: uh, you, you see the statistics about work from home. People work more when they work from home. And so you have to be really careful to draw boundaries because, uh, the employers are down with that. <laughs> you're not commuting anymore. And because those hours aren't spent there, you're more liable to pick up your laptop at 8pm, 9pm or something like that. You're, you're more likely to get a little get started a little early. Sure, you can get your laundry done during the day too, which is a perk. But people are spending more hours overall working. And so that literally the productivity gains that everyone saw, uh, it's because folks were working
1: yeah, longer hours, longer not hours. necessarily because they were in an environment that allowed them to be more inefficient
2: yeah. with their work. So and I think the other thing is instead of thinking of it, I think the mindset shift I would say is instead of thinking about running away from work and being like, I have to work less, running towards other things is just a better way, is just a better way to proceed. And so running towards building relationships, building up those friendships that maybe you've let go by the wayside a little bit because you have been working too much or a hobby that you're like, man, I used to love doing that and I just have not spent any time doing that. And carving out time in your schedule to make that a regular occurrence, leaning into that, and then you're gonna feel a little more comfortable, I think, uh, it, leaning away from work. So instead of being like, oh, work's the problem and I need to work less. It's like, no, that the, the real problem is, I'm not doing enough of these other things that I say I value, that I really do care about, but I've kind of let lapse in my life. So work to to skew time in your calendar and skew that your mindset towards just pursuing a little more of that and not less of work.
3: And reading into it, and like I don't want to get like counselor on the couch, but she said recently married, right? So I can at least picture it in my in like my mind's eye is like you're cracking it, you're hustling, you're doing the COVID work from home thing, and you don't mind working at eight o'clock at night, like you don't care if you're pulling the laptop up at 9 30 getting something done but your new spouse might mm, mm-hmm. and like there might be some friction there where you guys have different values as glenn said and like that needs to be a discussion with your partner is like maybe you're finding some friction and she's thinking oh i need to like totally cut back like and i'm scared to have this like thought with my employer and like this mind game is going on in her head of like how am i going to talk to my employer, like definitely have an honest conversation with your spouse first. And maybe you can define some sort of boundaries of like, hey, I don't open my laptop from 7 to 10 p.m. Like that's our time to hang. You literally might, you know, obviously I'm speaking for her, but like you might be conjuring up a problem that doesn't really exist. You just need to set some boundaries. And maybe you can still thrive in your your job that you're doing. But if if you're speaking for your spouse and you're just feeling the friction and you're playing the guessing game, like, you know, lean in and have that conversation first
0: before you go to your employer. You're like, I'm going to have time. Yeah, I, I think I'm a recovering perfectionist. Remember the cable guy? Oh, yeah. like, yeah. I'm kind of a perfectionist. <laughs> 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 he couldn't say the word. That explains so much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, what can happen is we can get in our own mind and I think on the work thing, like you don't want to make it look like to your work that you're not giving your all. I would say they probably wouldn't notice. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're like, I don't work after 6 p.m.
2: Isn't that the phenomenon of quiet quitting? <laughs> it's like people saying, well, I uh, think they're going to notice. The, if the they, quiet yeah. quitting
0: is like, yeah. I'm literally bludging for the next three weeks and I'm out of here. Yeah. But I, I just think turning the tap down and what we said in the career book was, can you have a chat to your manager and go offsite, get out of the office. Yeah. goes like, hey, can I buy your coffee one day? And... D- depending on all the variables and all that, I think honesty is often the best policy. Sometimes my honesty has got me into trouble, um, being a bit over sherry and all that stuff. Um, but what if you said to the manager, hey, I love what I do here. You know, I give it 100%. I'm recently married and I feel like, I like while I'm not going to not work... Mm-hmm things might look a bit different where I'm going to close the laptop at 7pm and you might not get a, an email. Like, I think it's just a, a value and expectation realignment. Yeah, And then it, it, you, you pull that thread. It's like, okay, do you like your job? Do you like your career? Do you like your job but hate your career? Do you like your career but hate your job? So I think there's a, a lot there. But one of the biggest things in my 20s was I felt my 20s was wasted but it kind of wasn't because I've built a really successful business. But I look back and think, oh, wish I did that or didn't do that. From what standpoint? Not So obviously not from a career standpoint or work standpoint, oh,
1: but in what, what other areas? What it
0: was, was I, like I take medication for depression and anxiety and all through my 20s, it was actually a train wreck, mm. like mentally, because I thought that's how everyone felt. Like I just thought I was part of being human. Like, mm burned out, can't get out of bed on days, taking too many things on, too many spinning plates, all this stuff like couldn't sustain relationships because if you're empty, how can you give out? Mm. So from that mental health thing, and it, it, this could be maybe a clinical thing. I don't know. Chat to GP if you're feeling like you've got to overcook work and be mm. a perfectionist with all things. Yeah. Um, so for me, the whole – I feel like my 20s was wasted because I didn't know that I actually had depression. So, I got medicated in early 30s, and I'm like, oh, I'm living, baby. Like, (laughs) right. (laughs) So, that's there's a lot of regret there on my behalf. Um, But I just the the winner here that she is talking about this. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, she finds herself in a situation where she's realizing she's got other priorities. Yeah. And kind of going back to what you're saying, Joel, but it's very difficult to tell a perfectionist to say, "to hey, worry less about this. Care less about your work. When my wife is anxious,
2: I just say, be less anxious, and it always it, works. It, it always yeah. I great. find yeah. myself on the couch all yeah. the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but when you realize there are other things that you want to pursue, and she's realized that. Like, mm-hmm. that's what's so great. Like, she has, it's not that she, she's trying to figure out what is or isn't making her happy. She's realizing, specifically, what I heard you read, Glenn, was that relationships is something that she's neglected over the past eight years. And now, being married and being in the most significant relationship, she realizes that, oh, this is something I need to actually work towards, something I have to prioritize. And I love that, because the, the, the light bulb moment has happened. Like, she sees the light at the end of the tunnel, and now it's just a matter of taking the steps to get there. And I think what you simply do is find ways to pursue that, to grow, foster that relationship, invest in that, while at the same time, like you said, I think slowly creating some boundaries, yeah. finding ways to not give... She's been working more than 100%, right? Yeah, and, like, that's, and that, that's the difference. Okay, she's she's been given like 110%. Say, right?
0: she, the the <laughs> line says, I don't know how to step back without taking negative impact mm-hmm. the way my colleagues and my boss sees me. I don't know how to take it back to 80 or 90. I can tell you right now, this individual's 80. Is someone else's 120. Yes, 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 yes. 100%. Right. Yeah. I got I tired listening to her emails. Like, <laughs> yeah. she
3: is working so much harder than me. Like, what is my 10? Well, and this is the
0: thing. Like, I was saying to uh, I've been meaning to have a discussion with you. About thank, that. you. thank you. Guys. I, I was saying here. to uh, our other friend, Nuck. Um, he's an Aussie, he moved up to Columbus. Uh, Nuck came down to New Orleans to hang out for a couple of days with us. And I think I was saying the other day, coffee, I'm like. I'm just so lazy. I, I haven't achieved anything. I could do more, and all this stuff. And he's like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. you you're printing money. You've got lifestyle. You've got all this stuff. But in my own head, I'm this person. Yeah. I'm like." Mm-hmm. Ooh. and he like hung out late like he
3: stayed the night woke up got on the early morning flight went to work at noon that day yeah <laughs> and he's you're like i might roll out at noon you know, <laughs> maybe get a cup of coffee he's like already working yeah by the time you got out of
0: bed it's funny because nick works for a non-for-profit for his day job right and he does the investor podcast as his side hustle and we're at fingon and this morning i said to him i'm like is it weird that you're experiencing all this stuff and you've got to go back to work, but this is just our life? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, we feel we're so lucky to have that That's, as our life.
0: Again, going back to what
1: I was sharing about reposting something, you know, one of the pictures from our hangs, I, I truly, and we are in an incredibly fortunate position, right? And yeah. so I, we, we recognize that. and I'm incredibly thankful for that. But going back to the listener there the question on Facebook, what's one of the things that stands out, though, too, is that. There are different things that become priorities as we go through life. And so for a lot of folks, especially right out of uh, school and you you get that first job, you are focused on success. Like you are looking to make a name for yourself. You're looking to make money. You want to advance in your career. You want to be able to have enough money to buy a house. Some of the different financial goals you might have. But then relational, you got relational goals. But there are other aspects of that. It, It makes me think of like the, I forget what the acronym Fully stands for, but it's the Spire framework, and uh, one of the elements is spiritual. Mm. One of them is intellectual. R R is relational, but there there are these different elements to our lives, aside from just work and finances, that we realize, oh, there's more to making me a a complete human being than just succeeding uh, at work. Because that's a game you certainly want to focus on and win, but
0: the, there's more to it than that. The only acronym you need to remember is loot, <laughs> Life on Own Terms, and tell your American people it's a movement that started out of Australia and we're not working to then retire. We're living our life on our own terms today. This cult leader, Glenn James, started Absolutely. It, yeah, uh-huh. We'll so, tell everyone. But this episode, right, I had a lot of feedback and thank you to everyone. Episode 639, we did an episode like How to Get Rich and a bit clickbaity, Yeah, sure. But it was a, around that kind of you've got to do what you like, your passions and I had lots of feedback that was encouraging like that was the wake up call that I needed because mm. it sounds harsh but I said, Monday doesn't suck, your life sucks. i mm. have to give that a lesson, Six thirty nine fr- 6.39, yeah. Anyway, that question, it wasn't a girl, it was a guy called Nick Bradley. <laughs> 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 I told you anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Radio, we are back. Just some housekeeping before we get into the community segment of the week this week. Tuesday, the 14th of November at 7 p.m. Eastern time, the team at SkyWealth is doing a webinar, understanding personal insurance, expert insights, pitfalls, and a live case study. Uh, So if you are wondering about getting life insurance sorted, uh, getting your income insurance sorted, jump on this webinar. There's a link in the show notes and you'll learn about the whole process and particularly the, the life case study. I actually know about it and it's quite an experience when you see someone who's been through and who is going through Medical hell at the moment, uh, but they have had insurance in there. So Tuesday, the fourteenth of November, seven pm. That's Sky Wealth, and uh, they will look after you. Now, the only other housekeeping this week, I just want to talk about the My Millennial Investor Podcast. Nick Woo-woo! Nick hosts the the My Millennial Investor Podcast. We're also currently writing a book about investing. One of us is writing a book. <laughs> hey, I'm writing the first half. I mean, well, you will get there. Uh, yeah, it's Nick has currently. been writing in America. Uh, the whole thing was, I'll like, Nick, come to FinCon, we'll, we'll spend a few days before the conference and we'll write the book. I think I've done 500 words. Um, I'm spending all of this marriage capital. Like, hey, yeah. honey, you watch the
3: two and five-year-old crazy kids at home. Glenn and I are working hard. She sees me like
0: posting pictures at the New Orleans Saints game. <laughs> like,
3: How's the book coming, honey? I'm like, um, you know, going great,
0: yeah. going great. So if you are interested in a little bit more investing content. Nick's podcast, My Millennial Investor. You can subscribe wherever you're listening to this. What have you been covering lately in the investor podcast?
3: Yeah, last uh, couple episodes. You know, I like to have fun. I want to I want to talk about investing in things that I'm interested in. So, like, literally the last episode I did was Chipotle, which you know I know you guys, I'm sure from Atlanta, know all about. But of course, um, they don't actually have it on the island, but they are doing a lot of AI powered technology. They've got this sweet like avocado they call it the autocado and it cuts the avocado it peels it it takes out the core and it's just saving like (laughs) tons of like human capital time yeah and that is going to be you know if you say ai enough times on a quarterly earnings call like your stock goes up (laughs) so like that's like the hot thing but truly i think people are afraid of ai and like this isn't something that's going to replace the human. Yeah, like they're still going to be involved, but it might make people's job actually easier. Sure, you know, working that line and things more effective. So, there's a lot of like good things to AI. So just kind of talk about that. Talk about
2: you know, is Chabolda going to be the new Tesla of the burrito world? You know, things like that. Well, wasn't so. I mean, didn't Jamie Dimon, the CEO of Chase, basically say? You know how we're going to get to shorter work weeks for people? Three and a half day work weeks
0: is is AI. That's what's going to lead us there. We do a four day work week in my business. That's the way to go. It's so good. Yeah, it's glorious. So you talk about trading. If people want to get a little bit more sexy with that smaller percent of their portfolio, because we're not like everyone go at full ape into Bitcoin or right. something. Uh, I try to calm myself down to be like, look, passive index
3: investing should be the core of your portfolio. And while I'm recording those episodes, I'm like trying to make a day trade on the Nasdaq (laughs) futures. (laughs) So you know, listen to the words I'm saying, not necessarily the behaviors I inhibit. But like I'll get inside. Like core index passive investing is kind of always going to be my largest Mm. advice.
0: My uh, not advice because you can't give advice in Australia. But what I'm doing. No, but you publish the podcast, so you can do what you want. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. So Nick and I, we are writing a book, and it is about investing how to get started, and Nick will cover. So part of the deal was, I said to Nick, I'll write it with you. I'm doing all the soft behavioral, mindset i yeah. I'll do a bit around tax and super in Australia or our retirement savings. I'll do the investing in kids part and all that stuff. But you can do... Portfolio construction and what is... You're going to even touch elements. on a bit of charting and...
3: Yeah, yeah, the final chapter will be shorter, but it'll be charts, how to read a chart...
0: You know, day trading kind yeah. of stuff. Nice. So head over and have a subscribe to the My Millennial Investor podcast. All right, we're going to bounce out of this housekeeping segment, uh, webinar on insurance, Nick's podcast, and there is no music because we don't have any at the moment. We'd usually play a bump, and now we're into the community segment of the week. Bum, 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 bum. And nice. it is brought to you by Sky Wealth, but we've talked about them enough. So we ask you in the Facebook group random stuff, and we read your answers. So let's go around the table, have a bit of a table sesh. And what did we ask, Matt? Let's see. Uh, share your biggest financial milestone and how you
1: achieved it. Louise, she said, in 15 days, it'll be seven years since I quit smoking. I've saved, holy crap, $43,000. <laughs> and that doesn't account for increased cost per pack. Okay, so the actual, yeah, yeah. actual money. Uh, more importantly, I'm fitter and healthier. That is amazing, right? When you are able to figure out a, a, a habit like that and find a way to obviously eliminate it from your life but when you it's not too difficult to do the math on that and figure out what something uh that you uh, the monthly expense that you have what that's going to be in 10 years were you to invest that money so yeah. i think finding ways to not only reduce costs in the here and now but like she said the ability to spend less on health care down
2: mm-hmm. the road i mean we're talking about wins on both ends yeah. right now and later that's huge all right nicole says single mother for eight years and shout out to the single parents because uh i don't i don't know how they do it it's difficult right even with with two parents so she had nothing worked my butt off to get ahead and finally bought my first home in February 23 I've been doing all the renovations myself for the nice. last seven months while working and looking after my child, this, uh, this weekend, I will finally finish the inside. Next will be the outside. So that is really cool. Shout out to Nicole. I mean, all that hard work. And the sweat equity you can get from doing some of that work yourself. And, um, YouTube is an invaluable resource for that, right? If you're trying to figure out, oh, I don't know how to tile, but I want to tile the bathroom. And you're going to save thousands of dollars by the, then hiring it out to a pro. And uh, man, what a good thing. It, it, I think it feels so good to be able to do that yourself. Living in the house, you've kind of semi-constructed. I think that's awesome.
3: So Daniel Quinn, shredding my last credit card using the snowball method. Congratulations. I hope you paid the debt off before you physically shredded (laughs) the card. That's not how that works. But Glenn, you actually did a thing on your, was it stories
0: yesterday? Yeah, I did a reel. um, Because in Australia, if you've got like two credit cards or three, it's like crazy. And I went around the table at dinner. It's like four cards, four cards, 12, 17, 13. 45. Okay, that's a little overboard. Yeah. (laughs) And the reason is the whole points hacking thing. But uh, what else we got? Trina Tinson. Walked away from marriage
3: with absolutely nothing from our own home. Severed all ties except for the children. Started fresh, set up rental, bought a new car, paid off a $28,000 debt, and managed to put myself through so far two years of uni as a single mom,
1: three kids, zero debt. Wow. Huge Sarah, my nine-year-old, loves splitting her money into spending, saving, charity. I love that. And growth, long-term savings or shares. Watching her become more financially literate than I was at a younger adult is so satisfying. My husband and I like to educate her in an age-appropriate way. As a parent, is there anything that makes you happier than seeing your kids do things better than you? (laughs) Whether it's with your money or just, just how
2: they're learning about stuff, man. I love that. Vanessa says, "House paid off in eight and a half years. It worked back to back, less childcare required, and always said yes to overtime." Nice. That's quick to pay off your house.
3: And Michelle, hit me up on Facebook. I want to know what you invested in. Reaching fifty thousand dollars in ETFs. Small amounts consistently add up over
2: time. Well done. It's that is like so true. Also, right? I think in the beginning, when you're starting to invest. Or when I started in my early 20s, those small amounts, I'm like, that's, is it really know. going to amount to anything? I, I know the reality of compounding returns. I've heard, I've heard how it works. Yeah. And then 15 years later, you're like, okay, it's working. Wow. Those, those, those dollars really did matter. Warren Buffett
3: started with $12.44. Wow. was his first like share of stock. Is that in today's
0: anything. dollars or back then? <laughs> you know,
3: 1964 or something, but uh, still. I don't, I don't know what that is. Let's start somewhere. Let's say it's
2: 100 bucks now. Like. Hot dogs cost like two cents and yeah. Cokes cost
0: a quarter. What do you reckon the biggest? Alright, just swoosh out of this segment, Nate. Swoosh. There you go. I just did the swoosh. Alright, so there's a question here I want to talk about from Amanda. I'm attending a wedding where the ceremony is followed by a cocktail reception. It's not a sit-down dinner. And then she said, How much do you think is a reasonable amount to gift? I mean. Oh. I don't I'm going out on a limb to say thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. I'm not <laughs> minimum, basing my right. gift on what I'm buying in terms of the food and drinks at the wedding. Yeah. Am okay. I right? If it's catered by Applebee's, you, know, you don't have to bring
1: as much, right? Yeah. So
0: it, yeah, I, I agree.
1: Right. It, it has more to do, I think with the expectations of, cause you can't say that like, Oh, Oh, of course in this situation, you gift a 50, $50, duh yeah <laughs> no it depends on the relationship that you have with that person it depends on what the family expects it yeah. it, it, it depends on so many of these uh softer cues that you have to take as opposed to
2: where well, you're out in your finances too right right well, yeah you're well, you debt lingering around like you, you you might not be willing or be able to do anything and so you give another sort of thoughtful gift because you you're like i can't i can't wait when i have 24 yeah. percent interest rate on my credit card i cannot in good conscience give money as
3: On the other hand if like if you're balling
2: and you're going to this wedding and like they're
3: (laughs) they're like not there and you're quite a bit more well off than them like be generous yeah absolutely
0: so you went to a wedding recently that i didn't go to because i didn't want to stay in the states for two and a half months what did you give as a gift
3: they were um are they Gen Z? They're probably Gen Z. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So they had their stuff together. They had a huge registry on, you know, Target and some other places. So we went and fully fitted out their bathroom. So like no. they had all this different stuff. So we're like, all right, she'll like this. she'll like, this. I mean, when I say we, my wife was like, okay, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. So like, and then they, Nick was like,
2: no, get the salmon yeah, color yeah, towels. What about it? So they had
3: the the bathroom that they wanted as a young married couple set out and what um, and then I gave them the money you sent in a card with my name on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they're like he is so
0: generous <laughs> so what like what was that financial amount that you think you gave them
3: maybe like 100 150 bucks right
0: okay and was that your standard go-to for weddings or because yeah they're starting out and a bit of a relationship there like I'm in like this weird
3: position in life where in my mid 20s, I was going to weddings like every weekend. All of my college mates were getting married. of life. now I'm like in this spot where now my friend's kids are getting married. So I'm like, (laughs) now I'm going to those, like that's what this wedding was. It's like a mutual friend of ours and her son was getting married. And so I don't know, that was the first wedding I've been to in years. So like, I don't, maybe this is a very relevant conversation for me because I'm resetting myself.
0: Okay. Random question. We've been friends for maybe what, eight, Nine years? Ten? Has it only been that long? Oh, feels like okay. forever. Yeah. An eternity. <laughs> I'm getting married, for example. Congratulations. Well, I'm not. Oh. Not yet. This is a hypothetical. I want to one day. I was already Gosh. planning the gift I was going to get you. Yeah. 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 So what, in financial terms, I invite you to my wedding, assuming that you live in Australia and yeah. whatever. How, what are you doing for my wedding gift? Glenn, right now, <laughs> I am going to
3: bequeath you one share of Tesla- and whatever that value is, when you get married, you keep that share.
0: I'm just Googling. Uh, probably two fifteen right now. Something like that. What's yeah. the ticker for Tesla? T S L A. T S L A. I should know. It's that. been as
3: high as three hundred this year. I think yeah, it so it's two
0: fifteen USD. It's going to finish the year alone three twenty five. It's a little paltry, Nick. I'm not going to lie. I mean, with with the the man, a man,
2: the quality and character of Glenn. I agree. Yeah, but I've been friends least with two Glenn years.
3: long enough. I know I've got a decade, and this could be yeah. a couple thousand. Yeah, so. that's true. It's that's a good point. <laughs> what decade till I get married? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I. I'm, I'm ready to talk about this. Do you have some ladies on the burner? Let's get into your life, Glenn. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about how close we are. I could bump it up to five shares if it's around it. the corner. <laughs> yeah. Incentives. <laughs> yeah. Getting back to my uh, option strategy, I am currently on the hook to buy 100 shares because they did a cash secured put that's going against me. So I'm going to have some to give away.
0: Go so, ahead.
3: Uh, okay, let's move on.
0: There's a, let's finish with one last <laughs> let's question. Let's move on, please. <laughs> so, I was waiting for us to get to Nick and I'm afraid. So, uh, what, so what <laughs> you're saying is, you're basically the gift that you'd give me for a wedding gift would be between 200 and a thousand US. Sure. Interesting. Well, and I mean, it's going to cost
3: me 24,000 to
0: get down to your <laughs> wedding point.
3: So, like, listen, uh, don't come, I don't just, just give it's all me the cash. <laughs> But think about the- No, expense. no. I was
0: saying if you were living in Australia. Oh, okay. And you were just like, or I was oh. here.
3: Well, this is recorded. So, I don't want to be on the hook for something in the future. that. May I be want not. you to be I, on yeah, the hook. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. Moving on. Okay. There's a question here. So, we're in October. Today, this episode is coming out on the 31st of October. Lindsay in the Facebook group, he's been on the show before. He actually uh, said, with Christmas coming up, what are some of the ideas you're planning to give as a gift? Things, experiences, money- Plans, all that stuff, mm. and I wanted to bring this question up because I I did some media the other day with a thing, and they wanted like, what should you do around Christmas and all that, and what I wanted to say was, with your at this time of the year, I want all my listeners to know if it's feeling tight at the moment, if you don't have money or spare money, or if you want to not spend the hundred dollars on per person in the family, you need to. Open up your family chat now. Yes. Open up your friends group and control the narrative. Yes. Hey, everyone. It's been tight this year. We don't want for anything. Yeah. Let's just get creative. We've got $30 to spend each with a gift that starts with your name, letter or something. It's like, I'm buying everyone a gift starting with G for $25. I don't know. Like, it's about controlling the narrative and getting out now rather than getting a message – hey, everyone, let's just do 150H or something like
2: that. Yes, I 100% agree with you. And I think when you the, the sooner you start that conversation, the better. And most people, there's so much pressure in the holidays to give the right gift and to feel like, did I spend enough on this or that person? And so uh, feel free to have a smaller budget, but have those conversations about, hey, I'm, we're dial, let's dial it back this year. Or, or hey, maybe, maybe let's not buy gifts for adults in the family. Let's just buy for the kids, um, stuff like that. But where you can, ha- you got to have that conversation because if you've done it different ways, in the past you don't want to just like show up christmas morning without any gifts or something like that and it's like why would you do that like that's so against our family culture or or ethos but if you have some reasons and you can present them well and say like listen i've got these financial goals and boy we yeah we do when you think about it there is so much just consumption uh brash unadulterated consumption that takes place during the, the christmas shopping season and uh, hey, let's plan an extra family get-together or let's go out to dinner or something and let's make that special. Um, I think that's, that can often provide better memories and reduces the pressure at the same time.
3: If you're into reading, your family's a bunch of readers. Glenn does have three different variable books. Now, you might end up quitting your career and living on your parents' couch for a while as you're sorting your <laughs> career out. <laughs> so, and take your love life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. that's right. But they missed you, so it's going to be great. Look for book five, How yeah. to Find Love with Glenn James. <laughs> do you guys do like the gift card exchange like the roundup i got in trouble a couple years ago with my wife's family because we were swapping gift cards and they live in a different part of the country that has different values in which Hmm. they might want to spend a gift card and i don't want to go to any of these places (laughs) like and i didn't problem with gift cards too. i didn't know how to say it like Starbucks is actually one of the largest banks in America. Uh, if you look at, like, yep. I don't know if you guys have talked about this before in your podcast, but when you look at the amount of money that people have given that is unspent, that Starbucks on oh, it's just sitting on their balance sheet, yeah, on the balance sheet. Like when you look at the actual statement of Starbucks, huge. They have they are bigger than most regional banks At least they can earn in interest
0: off it, right? St- Starbucks, yeah. can. yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah. Like, yeah. when
3: your mother in law gives you a, a five dollar Starbucks gift card, and you are like, I'd really love ten dollars to French truck down the street, you know, for a different cup of coffee. It just sits unused. So like you know, maybe five years ago, I was like, guys, can we like we we wanted to do a family trip with her side of the family. I said, can we like stop doing the gift card thing and just save money and then we will all pitch into this house on like Lake Michigan and like have a have a good time and like go for a weekly vacation rather than this gift card thing. And it was like a little rocky at first, but like now we go on a trip. Like this year we went to Ocean Isle in North Carolina and, like, run to the house. The culture, man, and which I was is like, great. Yeah, But, like, I, I caught some heat for it. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> to the listener that wrote in, like, again, start the conversation early. Think about what you guys actually want. Like, we would rather hang out with each other than... 50 bucks to whatever right. gift card place mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think
0: what is there's billions of dollars in unspent gift cards at least in the United States yeah. billions of they dollars. changed the law in Australia that the companies have to honor them They've, they can't be expiring 12 months it's yes. now 3 years But if you lost it like yeah. exactly gone. they get
2: lost or they're in your underwear drawer No, no, or no the,
0: the loss is fine but yeah. they're just saying the expiry exactly which yeah, is great yeah. I'm glad they changed the Joel law Joel hates gift cards I hate in general, gift though. cards yeah. I, think, I think they're fine oh, I, think I got you can, a thank you gift for coming on the show I'll take
1: it I mean yeah. Let's let's get, get away from gift cards I guess sure. cuz like going back to the whole Christmas thing. I think if you are looking to try to change the culture like that, like that's something that's going to maybe happen next year. Right? Like if you're trying to do something yeah. that big. October's too late. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so it is a time to start thinking about how you're going to have that conversation at Christmas, right? Like as everyone's kind of sitting there surrounded by crap and they're just like Feeling a little yeah. deflated. I'm that's an saying, awesome time to start
0: having end that of October, start of November. If it hasn't been discussed now, you are the one that controls the narrative. Oh yeah, you can and you can definitely sort of set the conversation
1: tone when it comes to amounts. Yes, because it's not too much of a departure from maybe what had happened last yeah. year. But I think if you're looking to do something more extreme, where you're like, "Hey, we're not doing any gifts at all." That's yeah. I think that's something that can take some time. You could
3: prep your way into it. Like go to Chat yeah. GPT right now and get have the AI processor make the best human fund certificate that you can find. And you pull a George Costanza and you give all of your family members
0: a donation to the human fund. (laughs) Okay. In finishing, let's go around the table. One piece of financial encouragement that you'd want to leave for our listeners.
3: You're probably already doing enough by starting. Like if you have taken step one, you're doing a good job. Like, don't, if you're a perfectionist, don't be too hard on yourself. Surely we can always do more. Like if you've started, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably made certain steps to know that you need to look at your financial future, your financial life, your current money situation, continue to thrive for better. But like just taking small
2: steps, you're already on your journey. I think keep it simple, right? There's, so many people who want to make money complex. And in doing so, they, they leave people confused. My parents met with a financial advisor recently, and they, they were like, we left more confused than when we came in. And I think that's the truth for a lot of people, and that's what's great about podcasts like this. It's We're really trying to help people in uh, without using all the jargon and the vernacular that really stupefies folks. And so um, I think keep it simple. <laughs> Don't make it overly complex. The basics of personal finance are are pretty easy to grasp. And then you can grow over time in some of that complexity, but keep it simple. Uh, for and, and really, if you do that, you're going to make a lot of progress on a lot of fronts. I would say to, yeah, I guess
1: piggybacking off of that, to not get so bogged down with the details that you forget why it is that you are pursuing wealth. And this kind of goes back to the question that uh, we were discussing earlier. When you can keep that, the, some of the other priorities in life top of mind, I think that can provide an incredible amount of encouragement because everyone's goals are going to be different, whether it's w- wanting to spend more time with your new spouse, whether it's wanting to find more time and you're scheduled to go mountain biking. These are all the things that drive why it is that we work hard when we do work, but also why we say no to work and why we start to dial back a little bit. And, I, you know, the ability to maintain that balance, I think, and Understanding what it looks like to be a
2: happy human being is incredibly important. Or it's like why we don't make that Amazon splurge. you mm-hmm. know? Like Why do we
0: say no to that? Oh, because we're, we want to say yes to something that's even better. Well, it's the values-based budgeting, isn't yeah. it? Or yeah. Values-based spending. All right, I've got two bits of advice. The first one is for my listeners. Then I've got some advice for the three of you. Thank you. Uh, so my finishing thing is I want you to just invest. I want you to invest regularly. And I want you to invest for as long as you're earning an income. And make it automatic. Make it automatic. And that could be telling your employer, can you please salary sacrifice $20 a week into my superannuation? Then it's completely out of sight, out of mind. You just have to do it regularly for as long as you can. That's it. That's as simple as it is. Now, for you guys, I just want you... Give it to me. (laughs) I want the three of you to know you're doing the best that you can. And that's pretty embarrassing, isn't it? (laughs) You can find How To Money wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you, Joel and Matt, for coming on the show today. Anytime. Thanks for having us us on. No worries. And you can find My Millennial Investor with Nick Bradley wherever you're listening to this podcast.
3: Gracias, mi amigo.
0: All right. Bye.